So, good morning. What is the best exercise to lose weight and tone up? Was a question that I had last two days. And yesterday, we just happened to do a Q&A as well on how to tailor your exercise and what is the best exercise. Now, it's a really interesting one. And I, and I talked about this yesterday in that exercise is actually pro- quite a rubbish way to lose weight. And that sounds odd, like directly, indirectly, as I'll go into, amazing. So if you were to look at exercise and turn it into maybe a, a pill and give it to someone, in terms of directly looking at weight loss to that, it might not have that great impact. However, if you think about what exercise does for mental health, for mobility, to flexibility, to confidence, to perhaps the, our body shape, to the things we then say yes to, which then means we burn more calories, to potentially our hunger hormones, to our metabolism, how we handle sugar, our blood pressure, stress management. We know that people with higher levels of fitness potentially handle stress better as well. Now, these all things now, that the, the indirect impacts now have a great effect on perhaps our decision-making and our food choices, which then impacts our weight loss toning up. Now, what's the best exercise to lose weight tone up? Now, any exercise is great, like full stop. Walking, running, they all have their benefits. Um, resistance training we know is getting more traction. Like it's been in the government guidelines for years and years and years and years and years, but only more recently have they really put emphasis on it, more so than ever before. Talking about longevity, talking about the use it or lose it, the muscle loss with age, the loss of independence. And I think given how the aging population and given that our lack of independence is perhaps a massive strain on us, if you like, um, this is coming to the forefront that we know that you can put on muscle even in your 90s. We know this from research studies. They give people sufficient protein, sufficient amino acids. They give them a stimulus, aka a leg extension, a resistance exercise. It can be low impact as well. It doesn't have to be high intensity going crazy. It can be low impact stuff, but focused on the muscle and they build muscle. Hey, Rachel, as a result of that, they build muscle and they can potentially change their outlook, their, the things they do, the things they say yes to. And if you consider how important muscle is, and I'm going for the tangent, and this is why it's such an issue in terms of independence as well. And I know I speak to a lot of people who are perhaps looking after their parents and that scared them a bit in terms of, like, you know, I don't want to end up like that. And it's like from, from opening a jar, our wrist strength, our wrist strength, grip strength is a very um, key indicator in how we are aging as well. And if you think about then um, mastication issues, so chewing, so medications, so medications may cause certain stomach issues, then you might have teeth issues, you can't bite certain things, then wrist issues of opening jars. And all of a sudden, our food choices might start to change. We opt for things which perhaps aren't as nutritious, maybe softer foods, and we're already limiting our choice down. Then on top of that, our mobility goes. We've got arthritis, and then we only we don't know a certain way of exercising, which perhaps is low impact or lower impact, but more focused on the muscle strength. Now, tangent aside, <laughs> rabbit hole. Hey, Dawn, consider that most people want to tone up. Most people say the word tone up. So what does toning up actually mean? So toning up, really what we're talking about is losing body fat, gaining muscle. This will essentially mean that you tone up. So we might talk about muscle definition. I want more definition. You can't really define a muscle. You can make it get bigger and you can make it get smaller. But meanwhile, the fat, body fat can go more or less. And obviously the less you have, 
the more defined looking it will be because you can see it more visibly. Now, this is also having a great benefit, obviously, around your um, stomach area, organs, visceral fat, which potentially is changing to not to mention just having more muscle as a human being is protective against disease. Like we know that we know something called sarcopenic obesity, which is where we are perhaps carrying more body fat, but also we're low in muscle. So carry more body fat, but low in muscle. And you can actually be a normal BMI in this. You might even know someone who perhaps doesn't really exercise normal BMI, but actually um, potentially has higher body fat percentage. Um, but they, don't, they maybe carry it well. And this can have lots of drawbacks and negatives too, but perhaps because it's not as visible, we don't talk about it as much. That's what a debate for another day. Um, but obviously then our injury risk can go up, which then has other things. So let's go back to toning up. Now consider that one pound of muscle and one pound of fat will look quite different. They weigh the same, of course, um, but one is 20% more dense than the other. So muscle is obviously more dense than fat. So the result of that is you can lose one pound of body fat, for example, gain one pound of muscle and actually be smaller, but weigh the same. And sometimes this can be hard to really look at. I mean, you throw in the variables of water, sleep, what time you weigh yourself, whether you did a number two or a number one this morning, TMI, but all these things start to link in with weight and we're kind of losing sight of this. Now, going back to what the best this means in the best exercise. So I want you to see exercise as the multiplier. Exercise is, has all the benefits from bone density to independence, to mental health, to metabolism, to how we feel to our energy levels, to our hunger levels, to even our social side of things as well. I could go on. No one ever talks about, hey, how's your bone density doing, Matt? How's your, you know, all these things. How's your VO2 max? How's your heart stroke volume in your heart doing? All these things, which we know have a massive impact on this whole health profile, blood pressure, stress management. Um, hey, Sue. Um, so, we want to see exercise as the multiplier that change our body shape. We know that when exercise and diet is linked together, we know from research studies that people do better. And it's, it's obviously seems obvious, it obviously seems obvious when I say that, but obviously we still need research to back that up and exercise and diet alone just never do as well as exercise and diet together. You throw in meditation on top of that or something in terms of self-care and they do even better. And that's why the three-legged stool that we talk about a lot, the food, the fitness, the focus in terms of get your food and fitness right, 100%, but also don't neglect yourself. That could be sleep side of things. That could be doing something for you, your hobby, your stress management, things like that as well. That prop up this and help our prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain that helps you make better informed, more intelligent decisions, if you like. So exercise the multiplier. Now we know most people want to tone up so we can train in different ways for this. We can train in a more muscle strength way, which is going to help provide a stimulus to put on muscle, which is half the battle of toning up. Okay. However, the drawbacks of lifting really heavy weight so that our injury risk is slightly higher, perhaps depending on where you're doing it and how you're doing it as well. Lifting slightly lighter weights might suit someone if they have joint issues, wrist issues. Um, maybe they're quite new to exercise as well. If you are quite new to exercise, you don't want to go straight in with like heavier weights. You might just want to build it up so you get your technique right. So if you get your technique right and you're using the muscle more, that's going to, you're going to get, be better at creating a stimulus in the muscle to help change your body shape, to help 
really get stronger, get fitter properly without potentially injuring yourself. Now, research also shows that you don't need to lift super heavy weights to put on muscle. You can just lift slightly lighter, but do more of them, providing the total volume is the same. So that's good news. We don't necessarily, so if you're thinking you have joint issues and I can't do that because I can't lift weights because, you know, and, and without being too critical of the health service, you know, when I speak with people and they say, I am, yeah, my, my doctor said not to lift heavy weights. Some people can take that as not to lift any weights or even body weight, not even do squats. And there needs to be a lot more work around definitions, in my opinion. Like, what? how, would you, how do we define weightlifting? Is that like, you know, Olympic lifting up there? Or is it doing a push-up on a wall? Is it, you know, they're two different things, but people can often say, like, don't do weights. But what is weights? Is it doing some bicep cuts, like nice light squeezing the muscle? Is it doing a side rate? Like, and when we don't define things, things get confusing. And that's why if you look at this whole industry, health and fitness, it's it can be massively seemingly contradictory, but actually not. So that's the good thing about in terms of putting on muscle. We don't need to lift super heavy weights to do this, but obviously the higher the weight you lift, the less reps you have to do. So this comes into now time potentially. So if you lift a bit more weight from time to time, you might not have to do as many reps in terms of the resistance work. So now let's move on to more the fat loss. The fat loss we know will come massively from nutrition. Not to mention, there are certain exercise and workouts which can help increase your calorie burn. Just being a more active person is a really good thing to do. Like, can we walk more? Can we stand up more? But at the same time, yeah, there will be sessions where you're going to burn more calories than you did in others. Like, resistance exercise sessions will burn a little bit less than, say, more cardio ones. But actually, the resistance ones will have different benefits of that in terms of bone density, in terms of muscle, in terms of body shape terms of recovery in terms of the calories you burn after that potentially as well so they all have their benefit and then it's a case of okay finding what i enjoy getting a balance right between that and focusing on how often i can work out for my lifestyle for my time wise and then can i get a mix of them in or if your main goal is purely fat loss right now then maybe you do want to want a spell of focusing a bit more on on perhaps nutrition first and foremost and then just propping in some um some of the exercise sessions as well, two, three, doing what more you enjoy. They're all going to benefit you because sometimes you can really bust a gut in a session. And when you actually consider that the difference between really busting a gut and passing out, which is, <laughs> which you don't want to do, obviously, and just, just working hard could be like 50 calories. Right. And the, the people who perceive it is like, Oh my God, I'm going to pass out now may overcompensate with their food. That's another one for another day, but by 200 calories. So because I've earned it now because I've worked so hard. And that's what I love about resistance exercise to an extent is that it doesn't always get you feeling like like crawling out. But at the same time, you've actually really put a stimulus on your body to help change your body shape. Hey, Claire. And this is a super powerful thing to, to have in terms of changing our body shape, in terms of our hunger levels, in terms of all of these things as well, in terms of impact on our joints, in terms of injury prevention, in terms of how we feel, like I said, bone density, longevity, independence, all these things that, you know, how much are these worth to us in our life, in terms of our independence, in terms of our health? So what is the best exercise? I haven't answered the question, have I? Pretty much, my personal opinion, 
on this is that we need to do more resistance exercise. The problem with that is you can do it right and you can do it a little bit wrong and the risk of injury is perhaps greater. However, the risk of injury of doing a high intensity workout is very high. So people just tend to walk and do what they know. But if you're very trained in walking, you might not find that that gets you the best results. It's still great, by the way. But then we can also look at the diet. Could you do more of your diet while you're doing the walking now? Especially if your goal is fat loss. If your goal is to build muscle, independence, get stronger. Hey, Tracy. Then we need to start adding the resistance, resistance exercise. So it becomes specific to your goal. Anyway, lots to think about. But just take home from this. Remember that toning up is essentially putting on muscle and losing body fat. So if you're just doing cardio, are you missing out on the stimulus to help create um, more muscle? We also need to sufficient protein in there. Now, how much protein should I eat? Great question. The official guidance is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So if you're 100 kilos, that's 80 kilogram, uh, 80 grams of protein a day. That's to avoid deficiency. That's set by World Health Organization to ensure that we avoid deficiency in, in all parts of the world, from developing countries to developed countries. You can see the, benefit, the, the drawback in that though, right? In that, you know, we're, we have access to lo lots of food, cheap processed junk food, perhaps it's too cheap, as they, why they tax the sugar. Um, we've got to put something in the tank. So if we're not eating, if we're only eating that much protein, we've got access to all this junk food, what are we eating something else of? So you can see how there's benefit of just increasing our protein. In general, subconsciously, we know we'll eat less of something else. How much? Well, there's research all the way up to 4.5 grams per kilogram of body weight, which is an insane amount, but they just did that for research purposes. No drawbacks. People didn't even put on uh, excess body fat because they struggled because they were so full up to eat anything else. I'm not saying do that, but there's also benefits in terms of fatigue. And I did a Q&A on fatigue before because fatigue may be... Um, kind of developed and presented in the muscles. So potentially increasing your recovery can help with that. Um, I'm working with someone around ME at the moment as well. And, and this definitely seems to be, be helping, which is great. So anywhere from 1.2 grams to 1.5 grams is, is a good place to look at. If I compare that, so 1.2 to 1.5 per kilogram of your body weight is, a, is kind of a, a good little thing to look at. And you could just assess that, just, just have a look at your food for one day. But a very simple way of doing it is just going, you know, just start simple. Can I get protein at every meal? If you're not doing that, I wouldn't even worry about the numbers yet. Start there. Can I get, can I increase my yogurt, fish? I know this goes contradictory. Um, lean meats or soy or beans, whatever it is, legumes, lentils, just increasing our protein somehow. Um, is it using a whey protein shape? As a bit of a supplement, which we know as we age, we don't utilize protein so well. Um, and we actually need more and actually more quality protein as we age, which is again, one for another day. So massive tangents this morning. Anyway, hope that was helpful. Lots of information. Any questions, as always, do let me know. If you want more information about our March kickstart, do comment below and I'll get you the details. In the meantime, stay safe and I'll see you soon. Take care.